Hello and welcome to the TES podcast. From the beating heart to the TES newsroom, uh, we're going to go through this week's issue. Um, and first up, we're going to speak to uh, our new reporter, Elena Busby, who is going to be talking about how schools are having to pay staff more uh, in shortage subjects. Um, Ellie, is that right? Can you tell us a little bit more about what this story is all about? Yeah, that's right. Basically, as a response to the recruitment crisis, more head teachers are needing to offer staff um, a great deal more money, um, kind of up to £10,000, we've heard, um, in it within a year. Um, so these are kind of in science, maths, um, and even modern languages as well. So presumably this is because if you're a science graduate... The economy is getting stronger, you can go get a job for a lot more cash rather than going into teaching. Yeah, exactly. So especially in places like London um, and Cambridge, um, where you know there's a lot more science jobs and maths jobs, um, you know you can get more money there um, in those jobs, so uh, teaching might not seem as appealing with the salary. Mm. And are they able to do it? I mean, schools are... You know, having tighter budgets and things, they're managing to find cash down the back of the couch and things. Yeah, like that. so some schools we spoke to um, did actually say that they find at the moment they can't, um, or if they are going to do it, that is only they can only afford to do it for a science teacher um, mm. because their budgets are being squeezed. Um, but yeah, there are teachers that are prioritising um, getting the best uh, best teachers in um, because they need to hit the that hit the um, grades for those subjects, mm. for the STEM subjects. Of course, they're high in demand. Mm. Ed? Deputy Editor. Deputy Editor Ed Dorrell, sorry. Yeah. You haven't introduced us. I haven't introduced any of us, no, that's true. Uh, yeah, um, there's a great, really great quote in here uh, from one London head who says, uh, I have no idea what a physics teacher would cost me in London as they are so rare. So basically, he's got he's speculating. He has no idea how much it might cost him. In fact, I've heard on the grapevine since Ellie put this story together. So this story is really, really current. I've heard on the grapevine since Ellie put the story together that um, that apparently some heads are now getting cold calls from physics teachers saying, "What would I be worth?" Wow, how much are you willing to pay me? Yeah, that's amazing. The interesting backstory to this, I think, is, and Ellie, tell me if, this, if I'm wrong, I think this is only possible because of the relaxation of, of the pay, national pay framework. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely made it a lot easier for them. So the government really, um, relaxed the uh, national pay framework for teachers. They thought they would, in, they would create a uh, marketplace based on performance, so the best performing teachers would be rewarded. But instead, what they've got is they've allowed a market place to be to, to form around teacher supply, um, but driven by the crisis. So it's supply uh, d- uh, dictating, d- uh, supply dictating rather mm-hmm. than um, performance. Interesting, very interesting. Well, it's all there in tomorrow's issue, so check that out. Um, we have another really good news story in this week's issue, um, and it's the return. There are many. There are many, obviously, yes, indeed. Um, Another story on um, Titan schools. Uh, more local authorities are having to um, having to at least consider or actually doing um, 13 form entry secondary schools. Um, this is a follow-up to a, a splash, the biggest story of the week, a splash story we did a few weeks ago mm. by um, our colleague Kay Wiggins, Kay Wiggins yes. who revealed that a local authority in East London was planning the biggest, uh, biggest secondary school in the country. 
Um, she's now uh, done a freedom of information request for local authorities across the country and has revealed that um, this, uh, this local authority in East London is not alone. Um, in fact, there is a, we're describing it as a wave of Titan secondaries on the way. Um, some, some of these schools get this are as big as 3,000 pupils. I mean, these are enormous schools. Mm. Enormous. What, what kind of 12 form entry, 30 form entry, 16 form entry. Absolutely vast. This is, of course, all being driven by the pupil, by the pupil places crisis. Indeed. There aren't enough schools, to, and there aren't enough teachers, and there aren't enough classrooms to educate the huge bulge in, in pupils that's coming along the line being experienced in primary education at the moment, and it's about to hit secondaries. One estimate, as I'm sure everyone knows, is that the education system will have to be educating 900,000 more pupils mm-hmm. in the next five years than it was in the previous five years. I mean, that is a vast number of people. It's a big bulge making it's a its big bulge. Big, big bulge making its way into the secondary sector. Yeah, I, I spoke to um, Schools Minister Nick Gibb on this issue at the Conservative Conference, and he he didn't want to be drawn too much on whether or not it was a it was a good or a bad thing. But obviously, he, he said you know it's up to parents, and if parents don't like it, they'll 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 vote with their feet effectively. Um, but he did point to Shanghai, um, saying you know they have some very very big schools and are still capable of um, of producing high standards, but. I don't think parents like it. I don't think parents want to send their kids to uh, to huge schools. Um, really good story, though, uh, and very interesting. We are going to move swiftly on to our comment piece this week, which is by John, John Dunford. <laughs> in stereo, John Dunford. Um, who is talking about... Sorry, we're just trying to go through the magazine here. Who is talking about the pupil... Really? Yes, John Dumford is a name many listeners will recognise. He, uh, until about three or four years ago, was General Secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders. Um, he is now, has spent the last three or four years under the uh, coalition government um, doing a fairly nebulous job called Pupil Premium Champion. He's got champion in his job title, had champion in his job What more could you want? Yeah. Um, I'm going to treat you as an editing champion. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, So his job was to go up and down the country um, advising schools on the best way to use the pupil premium and then to feed back to government what teachers and heads were telling them at those meetings about the way the pupil premium should or shouldn't be used. Um, He was a very active man. I think he told me that he'd been to something like more than 100 of the 100... How many local authorities 150? 150 local authorities around the country. He'd spoken to thousands and thousands of heads and teachers. Anyway, he gave up that job post-election to finally go into a well-deserved actual retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote, he's written this piece as a sort of... Valedictory. Valedictory, yes. <laughs> a valedictory piece. Um, it's a really interesting article about the people premium, about the way it's being used. But actually, there's a, really, there's a very interesting line towards the end when he says lots of the government's other education policies are undermining the good work being done by the people premium towards social mobility. Um, he talks about getting rid of the education maintenance grant as a key factor in that. Mm-hmm. In essence, it's the government's chief advisor on the people premium saying it's all well and good, but if you don't get your other policies right, mm-hmm. then it's going to have buggerall's impact on social mobility. Absolutely. Interesting read. Good. Um, and 
on to the next one, which is uh, our cover feature this week. John, over to you. It's all about inclusion, is it all? You're a brave man. Mm. <laughs> well, um, Nancy's a brave woman. Uh, Nancy Gedge, who is our TS Blog of the Year, has looked at the statistics on exclusion. Uh, seven out of ten uh, children in the UK, or in England actually, sorry, that are excluded permanently have, uh, have SEND. And six out of ten of those who have fixed exclusions also have SEND. So she's asking the question, does that mean inclusion has failed, mm. essentially? And That's and a brave question to indeed. ask, it has to be said. And has it? Um, well, she comes to the conclusion that we're, we're, we're approaching the point where you do have to question whether mainstream education is only for, a, as she terms it, a privileged few. Mm. Uh, she says that schools can't cope with uh, children with SEND because they don't have the time or the resource to meet their needs properly. And if we are going to do inclusion, then they need the support from government to do it properly. Uh, I've since spoke to some people about this feature. The, the, the other issue is with the budget cuts that schools only get by the assistance in from education psychologists and the like at the very last moment when exclusions almost become inevitable by oh, that wow. stage. Um, what they want is continuing support to, to stop it getting to that point, but they just simply can't afford to do it. Hmm, yes, and with a spending review on its way, it's looking unlikely that there's going to be any more cash in order to, uh, to help with this matter. Um, fantastic. Okay, uh, and anything else in your professional section? There's an interesting article by a teacher in Southampton who's just been using a strategy for teaching phonics that's typically used by um, speech and language therapists. Oh, right. Uh, it's particularly successful, she says, uh, in helping EAL students learn English and learn to read because um, it, it makes you act out the, the phonic, not in a jolly phonics way, but actually point to where the sound originates from. Oh, I see. So, kind of guttural yeah. gers and, and she's in a, P's and all that kind yeah, of And thing. she's in a school where the 50% of the, t- the students are Polish, and she said the impact it's had is, is actually transformational. So. so, you've covered all the uh, difficult subjects in your pages this week I'm inclusion and phonics. I'm going to stay off Twitter. Someone's going to come around and burn down your house. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. The, the, the torches and pikes are going to be. Uh, <laughs> Uh, brilliant uh, and I think I'm going to leave it there it's an excellent read as ever it's the only place for all your education news views and opinion uh, pick it up tomorrow and stay tuned for next week's podcast on Thursday thanks very much for listening thanks and goodbye goodbye